Warning, wrestling POV global is not suitable for all ages. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey, this is Dirty Duke Durango, and you're listening to WPOV Wrestling. Wrestle POV, global black and yellow brand. It's your point of view on the global stand. From north to south to east to west, they got you covered like a blanket, but I digress from elite elite to the hot topic. AEW Impact New Japan, they got it. Have you laughing so hard? Have your belly aching? Heard any different? I'm sure you're mistaken. Hey folks, welcome to another edition of WPOV Global. I'm your host, Legend T. James Logan. With me, my co-host, the Lone Wolf, Andy Anderson. Andy, how you doing, buddy? Good, good. Pleasure as always to be here. Excellent. And my other co-host, the gentleman himself, Elio Canella. Elio, good great to see to you, bro. Here. It's great to be here. Well, you know, we got we got another week of AEW wrestling, and uh, you know, it was a pretty good show this week. You know. I was looking this week. We, we had an abrupt week. We, we were all pretty super busy. So, folks, we did not have any elite delete for this week. And we didn't even have hot topics. But I have some ideas from some hot topics next week. And one of them I want to address really quickly now is um, I could not help but notice a tag team show up that um, of all the people that AEW would be signing us scraps from WWE, they take these two knobs ever rise for fuck's sakes ever rise are now hanging out at AEW and are trying to present themselves as a credible tag team guys are you guys as shocked as i am that this is a team they would pick up i don't even I know mean, who they are i i'm oh, shocked i'm like uh, because I, I they never did anything big in nxt like they had that like uh, whatever their little show or their little segment, which didn't really go anywhere. Well, well, Andy, th- these guys are from NXT, right. and they are like, you know, that team who aren't quite jobbers. Like they have a name, but they never actually win against anybody. <laughs> That's what Everrive was. During the pandemic, they were sort of like the best friends. They were there every freaking week. But unlike the best friends, they never won any of their matches. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I found them such a generic, boring team that it was like, you know, sometimes you watch teams and you see kind of the gel. You kind of see like, okay, I get it. I see why these guys are, are at least trying to be a team. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Ever Rise really always gave me the feeling like, man, these are two guys who I don't think could hack it on their own. And they're just not even doing it as a team. So I'm really hoping they prove me wrong. I'm hoping that uh, these guys are a little bit better, but their presentation in w- in NXT was pretty much almost a joke, um, which I get is, is that the laugh that these guys would come out and challenge like uh, Moxley and, uh, and uh, Eddie? Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> it's laughable. It's laughable. And uh, so... I don't know. I just don't understand. I get this idea, but my question for you guys this week is how far does AEW go to sign castaways from the WWE? They've talked about being a company that's different. They say that lip service, but it seems like, and even as Everrise could prove here, that they're basically just snapping up anybody 
who had any kind of name on the WWE rosters at the, you got to think this is at the expense of their own roster, because I mean, even with this upcoming show, they have got a shit ton of people working for AEW right now. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but if we were to count them, I'm, I'm pretty sure we've got like a massive roster here. So where do they start to rival WWE? Yeah. So where do you stop? Um, This shining forever rise says to me that it's almost this weird desperation of let's go. You're in WWE. Oh, you're available to work. Come on down. Um, Is this a good thing? Is this a good thing moving forward? Andy, should they be signing uh, anyone who comes out of AEW even with a half a name? I don't think so. Now, do we know for sure that these Everize guys, do they actually sign or do they just show up and they're just like there for a match maybe? No idea yet if they're signed. God, I hope not. You think that's what happens though? Like they have a match and then next, next day you read this. They get signed. This name is Elite now. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't think that's a, a good move. I mean, you know, you're picking up anything and everything. Like it's, mm-hmm. you have to draw the line somewhere. And, well, who- you know, Okay, sorry, go on. Oh, no, I, originally they said, you know, they were going to pick and choose and, you know, some of the initial roster cuts last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did that, but it, it kind of seems as time's gone on, they've kind of strayed from that, uh, that motto or that mantra of, uh, we're not going to sign everybody. And, they're, you know, okay, maybe not everybody, but they're signing almost every second person or every second team. It seems to me the only person of substance who's showing up on AEW, who surprisingly did not get signed, was Matt Cardoza? Cardoza? Cardona, yeah. Condona, whatever his name is, the (laughs) Zack Ryder guy? Zack Ryder. Is he on Impact or something? Yeah, surprisingly, they didn't hire him. Uh, I think right now he's, ironically, do you know what he he is doing, you guys? He's the GCW. Yeah, he just beat uh, Nick Gage in a blood and guts match over on the other channel, so. Yeah. (laughs) Ooh, yuck <laughs> whatever um, floats your boat yeah yeah i sorry this the the hardcore stuff does not float my boat so uh elio what do you think you think this is a good idea to keep signing all these people left and no, right like i think uh, you shouldn't i don't think they should be signing like every single person like if they like pick like is this uh, person worth signing is this person worth signing you have to like Pick which ones you really want and which ones you really think uh, can can make it on the sh- on the on your show, you know, or on the brand. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And really, if you keep calling yourself different or the alternative to WWE, if you're hiring every single person who's been on their roster, yeah, when are you? When are you no longer different or what? That's it. Just seems like a very strange move. I'm gonna say. Not Very sure if I'm a big WCW-ish. Oh, it's a comparison you <laughs> don't want to bring. I was just about to say that. I was just about to bring yeah. that up. I was going to say, yeah, only the difference with WCW is uh, whenever they, whenever the talent was released from WWF, they would just automatically go. Not even, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you wouldn't even hear about them. Oh, WCW signed this person. They would just show up. Yeah. Well, that was the day. I mean, I think that's where probably WWE learned their lesson and started putting people in these no no compete clauses. Yeah, to avoid such a thing. So, okay, my next question uh, that I want to throw to you guys, and I'll I'll preference why why I'm I'm thinking this. Uh, Recently, a big shocking release 
uh, from WWE was Bray Wyatt this week. Um, of course, my first thought, just like anyone else, was, oh, he's off to AEW. But the more I thought about it, is Bray Wyatt even a good fit for, w- uh, for AEW? Um, bear in mind, he can't use the Fiend uh, trademarks. Um, so he can't use any of the characters he's used in WWE. And as much as he is a great character, without those characters, he's coming into AEW. And let's face it, as exciting as a character he is, he is not a top-notch wrestler. He is not the hardest worker. And I mean, I've watched him for years. And I mean, he can get by, but he definitely is not, you know, an upper, he is not an upper star athlete. And one of the things AEW does have for it, well, it does lack in character. You do need to have some kind of work behind you because it's what the fans kind of thrive on a little more here, you know? Unfortunately, it does tend towards uh, just, you know, athletic contests with no meaning. But if he doesn't have that and his can't really read the, really the characters we know, is he even a good fit for the price he's going to be asking to go to AEW? I'll start with you, Elio. What do you think? I'm not sure um, what, uh, what role he would play in AEW. So I, I, I'd see a no... Because uh, I was uh, when this happened, I was uh, I was listening uh, to like what reading what fa- fans were saying online, and some of them were out were mad. Some of them thought, well, maybe he. Uh, did you ever think that maybe he asked for his release? And I'm like, well, I didn't read that anywhere. But mm-hmm. then someone, uh, a couple of other fans, uh, said maybe he could be the leader of the Dark Order. Ooh. Like, no, that wouldn't work. Do you like that? Do you like that, Elio? Do you think that's a good idea? Uh, I don't think that would work. You, you can't have, I don't think they can have a leader anymore. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I, 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 say, I say no, uh, Ray White, because I, I don't think he'd, he'd uh, have a good, as good a role in AWS he did in WWE for how many years he, he lasted in the company. Okay. Okay. Andy, what do you think? I'm going to go the opposite, and I think that it could be a strong possibility, and this could be one of those things where it may work out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, forget the fact that, okay, he can't use the the Fiend and all that and those characters, but here, you know, everybody's been putting him over for so long is such an incredible creative mind mm-hmm. that I wouldn't put it past him that he's able to come up with a new character, variation character, something different, something, whatever. Like if I think if someone can pull it off, it's mm-hmm. him. Okay. Um, you know, and, and even now you're kind of going a little further on what Elio said, you know, you're reading all these different things and, and some people saying, well, the, uh, the promo he did the night after WrestleMania, maybe that was kind of a foreshadow that he knew he was already done mm-hmm. because he's talking about like a fresh start. So if that's the case, you know, he's already had, like a four month head start on figuring out what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and to that, and now maybe it's a coincidence, maybe not, mm-hmm. but the, the fact that uh, the dark order is all of a sudden starting to sever ties supposedly with uh, Adam page, maybe this mm-hmm. pun intended could be a, a turn of the page for the dark order over the next couple of months. Mm-hmm. 
to, to set something up. And we, and we always talked about like, okay, well, you know, they need, they, if they have a leader, who, you know, who's the leader going to be? Uh, these guys are just, they're goofy. They're a joke. If there's someone that's going to turn this around, mm-hmm. I think it could be Bray Wyatt. Okay. Or whatever he's going to call himself. Yeah. I mean, I actually wouldn't mind seeing that if, if that does happen. I'm just wondering, has the Dark Order been so goofy for so long that they're unsalvageable as being serious? I don't know, but that is a fear that I have in my mind that that it might be too late. Even bringing in a charismatic leader might not be enough because people's perception of the Dark Order has changed so much from what they tried to be, what they became, and then now what they ultimately are. So I see what you're saying, Andy. I'll real quick, though, I'll I'll point to Miro. Mm-hmm. For the first year, Miro was a big joke, and and look at him lately. God, do we want to wait a year? <laughs> but, you know, okay, yeah, okay. But then, but then with that to that, yeah. I'll respond to you though. Look at what they've done with Malachi Black. Yes, maybe they're learning their lesson. Uh, that would be nice, but at the same time, look what they did with Matt Hardy, who was supposed to come in and be that kind of <laughs> yeah. something. Or but again, with. Matt Hardy came in right at the start of the pandemic when there was no crowd. Yeah. Now you can true. do this stuff. You can do this stuff with with uh, Bray Wyatt and the Dark Order having a crowd, which I think you know that would ultimately you would know, killed Matt Hardy. I you know we say that, but I remember looking back at some of that, and I have my doubts the crowd would have been into the shit he was doing, the drone and all that junk. I don't know if they really would have if it would have made that much of a difference having the crowd there. Uh, I look at him and he, you see like a tired dude with. I don't know. It seems like he's like desperately making care. You know what I mean? Like it's like his yeah. character is weak of desperation right now. Yeah. And well, I don't know. I, 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 I kind of, I kind of think if there was a crowd, it wouldn't have made a difference for him. I'm not, I think Bat, Matt Hardy's days of upper card stuff are gone. I, you know, you look at Jeff, right? Jeff was the most charismatic of the two of them. The one who did all the stuff. And where is he now in the WWE? I mean, he's lower mid card, Win yeah. sometimes, lose it sometimes, guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, having this is said a, that, yes. Sorry, okay, go ahead, go ahead, finish. No, off, no, finish no. Off, All I was oh. going to say was was that uh, it's it's so tumultuous. There are so many examples of guys that we wouldn't thought have made it, and then guys who we thought were sure going to make it and didn't. So, I would love Bray Wyatt to be able to do this. I guess my for me, the bottom line is his lack of actual physicality of a, of a high level because. It has been a while since we've seen him do matches. And even then, he wasn't the most physical of guys. It was a lot of character work. He could do some physical stuff. But it seems like in AEW, you kind of have to do that hustle a lot more because the fans are expecting that because they're not getting good characters, I guess. But if, if you – yeah, but there you go. So if Bray Wyatt can come along and give a really good character, that can make up for the, the physicality or the you know upper level or whatever. And I think that's something where – you know, the, the trade-off might be there. The balance might be there that, mm-hmm. and again, it depends, you know, how they're booked, you know, who he's booked with and, and whatnot. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, and even going back to Matt Hardy, I, I think with that, uh, just, I'm not going to necessarily disagree with you, but I think mm-hmm. having the crowd there may have helped in guiding that, okay, this stuff is getting over a bit more roll with this this stuff isn't getting over as much okay let's oh, change direction yeah. because here with no he can just do the drones he can do this because there's no crowd so really like you're just you know you're kind of 
we talk about AEW throwing stuff against the wall, seeing with sticks. Yeah. That's what he's doing. Where you know it's like, okay, well, the crowd's back, and you know they're gonna they're gonna give us some indication of what they're into, what they're not into, and they'll react accordingly. So that's that's where I, that's where I'll give Matt Hardy the benefit of the doubt. Like, okay. not necessarily, like I said, not necessarily disagreeing with what you're saying about, no, no. you know, looking kind of tired, but it's, it's like, you know, they could have, maybe they, they did the drone, maybe the crowd goes nuts for it. It's like, okay, well, yeah, that one worked. Or maybe it's, it's a fart in church. It's like, yeah, then you know what, then they leave it alone. They come out with something. There could have been something else that worked out really well. And then all of a sudden that picks up and you run with that. Good point. Good point. I didn't think of that. I guess maybe if the, if the, if the crowd had shit on that stuff in the beginning, maybe he would have been a different direction that would have worked yeah. instead of continually. Yeah. Okay. I see that Andy. Good point. Good point. Man. Um, we're going to go into our AEW uh, uh, roundup. Look at the week before we do. The only piece of news got, I have right now is uh, concerning uh, new Japan and uh, new Japan is still gearing up for its things. However, uh, COVID is a very big thing right now still. And it has been playing havoc. And not only that, and this isn't COVID related, but uh, we talked last week about Koto Ibushi uh, being out sick. Uh, apparently, it's much more severe than people had first reported. And there is no sign of his recovery yet, which is worrying oh, New wow. Japan because they had him booked wow. for a lot of stuff. He is still in hospital. He is still listed in bad condition. And people are wondering this might be something that Koto Ibushi might not be able to bounce back from. And we might not have, we might've seen the last of him, which is a big blow right now for new Japan because they had being stuck in the, the place they are. They've had a hard time bringing in new talent and they have a hard time with the older talent they've had has been recycled so much that Koto Ibushi who had been only last year signed as a regular to the roster of New Japan. He'd been coming in and out. He would do shows, but he was sort of an independent guy who would come in and do a few things, but they never committed to him because he didn't commit to the company. Uh, this year he committed to the company, and then this setback has really has them reeling. So um, I, it's, you know, you somebody told me, you know, you look at uh, any of the New Japan shows right now, it's all the same stuff. You've seen this a zillion times, the same guys, the same matches. However, it's damn good wrestling. So, it, you know, if that's your thing, there's no quality dip. It's just, it's really hard when they're, they had put all their eggs in the basket of Koto Ibushi. And now that Koto Ibushi is not there to deliver, it's made things, I don't know how they switch directions now, but uh, the whole thing had been to build a big feud with him and Shingo Takagi, which now Shingo finds himself without any super top contenders. You know, they threw Tanahashi in there, but there really is no one near the top because they had been grooming Obushi, and this was supposed to be a multi-long run where the two of them would be colliding many times over the year before probably, you know, the big workup. Now, who do you go with? There is nobody really that was put into that position and the people available are the same old people that it's always been. Is it going to be Okada? Is it going to be Jay White? You know, these, these are the same guys who have been at the top for the last three or four years. It's almost that feeling you get when you used to watch. And, oh, is it going to be Randy Orton? Is it going to be uh, Edge? Or is it going to be John Cena? It's always, you know, the same three dudes wrestling for this stuff. And uh, that's a big blow for Portland in Japan, who's who's really found themselves faltering as they've been trying to move forward into the American market. This is a setback. So 
once again, we pro- we do wish Kota Ibushi uh, the best and hopefully recover. He's a, a tremendously talented wrestler. He is not as young as he looks, but he's also not an old man. He still has uh, a lot of life fit legs in him as a wrestler, but not if he's severely sick and can't recover from this. So we were wishing the best from all of us here at uh, WPOV uh, Global in Quarantine and about the whole network. Uh, we don't want to see any wrestlers actually sick or, or, or down like that. So uh, we're going to head off to a commercial break. Before we do uh, that, because yeah. you're just talking about that, can I just touch on something else that kind of yes, hit me a little bit? Yes, of course. Uh, as, as we're recording today, it being a Wednesday, uh, earlier today online they announced the passing of longtime uh, wrestling promoter, former manager uh, in the Mid-South, uh, Burt Prentice. Oh. Um, and Burt Prentice um, has been in, involved in wrestling for a very long time, uh, you know, especially kind of like in the Midwest, but uh, basically kind of, uh, made roots kind of in the the Memphis Nashville area. Uh, I was fortunate enough when I first early very early in my career. So this would have been in 90, 96, 97. Um, geez, I'm going to the first couple of years that I was going to the states, predominantly around uh, Tennessee, Arkansas, Missouri. Bert was the first promoter that booked me consistently. Mm. Uh, he was actually the one that gave me the wrestling name Andy Anderson. Prior oh, wow. to that, yeah, prior to that, uh, the first name that was given to me when I broke into the business was JT Atlas. Yep. Uh, Bert didn't like that name. And I think for a week he tried like Andy Andrews and we didn't like that name. Uh, and then it became Andy Anderson and kind of was like, well, you're going to be, you know, kind of a part of the Anderson wrestling family. And then uh, for a while there with the, the, the really short hair and whatnot, uh, I became Buff Anderson. You know, that lasted for a little while, kind of playing off of Buff Bagwell. Uh, we had some fun with that. But uh, I, I was very fortunate that, uh, you know, Bert kind of saw something in me. So I got to work regularly for Music City Wrestling. Uh, that was, I met so many great people down there. Uh, Flash Flanagan, Reno Riggins, uh, Debbie Combs, Tracy Smothers, Bart Sawyer, uh, Wolfie D., uh, Brickhouse Brown, these guys were all kind of part of my, like my Tennessee wrestling family. And uh, Bert was battling cancer for, for a very long time. Uh, he was still promoting, he was doing shows, I think predominantly out of Jackson, Tennessee, which is kind of the midway point between Memphis and uh, Nashville. And so I just wanted to acknowledge, you know, we're talking, we're hoping the best for Kota Ibushi. And uh, I just wanted to pay some quick respects to, to Bert Prentice, who unfortunately passed away. Uh, I think he was like 62 or 63. So, oh, wow. uh, and I know, yeah. So, I mean, I know you've had your uh, run in with cancer and, yeah. uh, you know, unfortunately Bert uh, finally succumbed to his. So uh, thank you, Bert Prentice, for, for everything you've done for, for me in the wrestling business and for, for all of those you've, you've helped along the way. That's very touching, Annie. Yes, uh, for the family of Apprentice, we we wish, you know, uh, cons- consolation in this time. Um, we're going to go to our things, but you know what? I am going to be calling you Buff Anderson from now on. <laughs> and, <laughs> or not, not even Buff Anderson. I'm just going to go, yo, Buff. Anyhow, <laughs> I'm going to mix it up. Usually we have a little routine here where we each do our little speechity speeches. Instead, I'm going to mix it up and I'm going to ask Elio to tell us about the different shows available on the uh, WPOV network. So we have four shows available on the WPOV network. We have WPOV podcast, which is on available Saturdays, hosted by Tony Diaz, Rick Sarno the third and the $50 man Clay Cummings. 
we have Wrestling POV Global, hosted by myself, Joe Manelli Ocanella, Andy at Wolf, Andy Anderson, the legend TJ Logan. We also have Aftermath, which is hosted by a variety of the six of us after every pay-per-view where we go over the event. And we also have WPOV Quarantine, which is a Zoom-based show where we have a, we're joined by a panel of guests from wrestlers to authors to historians. Excellent. Excellent. Nice. Now, Andy, are you ready to dig into the knowledge bath? Oh, no. Here we go. <laughs> this show could be available on many different platforms. Oh, the no. platform you are listening to is only one of many. Andy, what other platforms could people be listening to for this show? I'll help you uh, along. Thank you very much. There's uh, uh, Our shows are available on uh, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Podbean, TuneIn Radio. TuneIn Radio. And iHeartRadio. And iHeart, especially iHeartRadio is great because you can get all your local radio stations, but more importantly, you can get any and all of the WPOV shows. So make sure you follow uh, or use one of those following platforms to catch us. And no YouTube love this week. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I worked on that channel. You know what, folks? We do have T-shirts available. We used to have five. Now we have six. And I am proud to say that we now have a WPOV quarantine T-shirt available. It's pretty cool. I saw it. As I much love as that I loved, design. Yeah, I you know I really was in love with the global, the last global one. I wasn't so sure about the first global one. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't really my kind of taste. But the second one was pretty darn cool. But this quarantine shirt, I don't know. Have you seen it, Andy? It's a hot looking thing. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, So if you go to uh, www.prowrestlingtees.com backslash WPOV wrestling, you can order one of these fine t-shirts, one of six. Hey, why not get six? Get the six pack. Pretend you like Homer Simpson. You took a six pack home. You're going to hand it out to the friends and family. Six different t-shirts. We've got two global. We've got one quarantine. We got three WPOV ones. They're fun. They're great. $19.95 each plus tax. And, uh, Folks, get them while they're still there. I'm sure this quarantine one is going to go off the roof. And you know what? If you are a fan listening to this show, if you are to purchase a WPOV Global and a WPOV Quarantine, and heck, just show me two T-shirts that you have posted, and I will personally answer any weird question that you want on the air, whatever it is, even if you want Andy or even if you want Elio, Whatever it is, you send a picture of two of those shirts and send us a weird question. Don't make us look ridiculous. We do that on our own. Yes. Ask these questions. We will answer them. Throw your name out there. Make you feel like a hero because if you're wearing a t-shirt from WPO Wrestling, you are a hero because you are helping fund this show and keep us running. Look, if you could see me now, I don't even I can't even afford to keep the lights on right now, folks. So please buy a t-shirt. This is Hot Shot Danny Duggan. And you are watching WPOV Global. And we're back. Hey, you know what, guys? It's time for our deep dive into AEW wrestling. It is dynamite time. Somebody make an explosion noise. I know my. There we go. <laughs> there we go. All right. So um, for some, <laughs> this is really funny because this was called Homecoming. What an original name, because I do believe uh, Impact just had Homecoming. And, oh, I don't know, about 47,000 other companies just did a Homecoming show, too. So, yay, AEW, you know how to write it. (laughs) 
<laughs> Let's get into this week's show. Uh, first of all, we start off with the third labor of Jericho. Now, Andy, I know you did get into this show a little bit later to the next match, but let's start off with the Juventud Guerrero versus Chris Jericho match. My first thought, uh, Juventud looked, he looked old, even with that mask on. He looked old and tired. Yeah, he wore the mask. He looked very tired. This was a super sloppy match. Oh, uh, lots yeah. of lots of stuff where, thank God, Huvitude's light because Jericho managed to have to literally lift him and carry him and push him through moves so that uh, they wouldn't uh, fall flat on their face. So this was um, literally a labor for Jericho. <laughs> it was definitely a labor for Jericho. That's for and, sure. and then then thing, uh, Tony Schiavone on, on commentary kept comparing this to their, to their 1998 match. And it's like, you can't, yeah. com- you, you can't yeah, compare the two. There were two different matches. There were two different guys back then. Like I would was, say, if you took that 1998 match and watch it on slow motion, <laughs> you might have the match <laughs> akin to what we saw tonight. Um, what was with Juventude? Did you notice, notice that a lot of times he'd spin around for absolutely no reason and then realize he was nowhere near where he was supposed to be and then would spin around to get into the move? It, it got The first time I thought saw it as a legitimate slip, the second or third time I'm like, Oh, Hoovy, slow down and, and think before you move because it looked pretty sloppy. There was a few moves that first Hurricanrana yep. literally was the one where you see a guy fall off someone and then the other guy nicely, obligedly somersaults forward. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like seven second delay. And of course, yeah, Jericho yeah. had to go there after was, the mask. Yeah, there was definitely a two second delay there. Weird of Jericho to go for the mask. Uh, yeah. He's supposed to be the good guy. Not sure. Jericho, I get the character thing. They have he looked haggard as shit here. He looked like he just came off a four-day bender. Like he's and I get that. They're writing the story that these are getting harder and harder. What I don't understand, and please tell me the logic of this, guys. These are supposed to be progressively harder matches. So how is sending him against Nick Gage last week, which was a total blood, guts, horrible weapons, painful match, to this week? fighting a really old guy who can barely get off the ropes. How is that a progression of toughness? I, I, it seems like maybe Gage should have been near the end because even with Wardlow next week, I still think that Gage logically should have been a little further down the line for this. He should be like the fourth because we've already seen that these two teams beat the crap out of each other many times on Dynamite. And we've seen Wardlow get beaten up. Now, I got to admit, I am a little bit, I'm, I'm feeling a little sad that I had to be a little hard on Hoovy with this. You know, I met Hoovy six months ago when he came out here and did a match and totally nice guy, like really nice guy. But you know what? He's put in a bad position here. Uh, they're hyping the shit out of him as the fastest high flyer. And really at his age and, and at the movement he is at now, I think this match would have been so much served better had they just let him slow down and wrestle a grappler match. You know, he could have pulled this off. There's no way in hell he could have pulled off what the, the commentators were hyping up. So, yeah. Sorry, Hoovy, but... Uh, no juice. Next, no, yeah, you're out of juice tonight, but... I feel bad saying that. He is a totally nice guy. Uh, MJF, once again on the commentary, uh, saying stupid stuff. I'm not sure if he really adds anything to these commentaries. You know, it's the same shtick every week. He doesn't say anything new, funny, or insightful. It's just the same thing, making fun of Tony Giovanni. Make, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it, I wish there was some progression there. 
Um, all right, so we go on. Wardlow comes in, lays out, uh, first of all, beats the crap out of Huvitude. Poor guy's already had it rough. Uh, spins around like a ragdoll. What they call it? An F10. <laughs> he did the F10 on him. <laughs> so, okay. Double the strength of an F5? <laughs> apparently, apparently. And then they announced that Wardlow will be next week's challenge for Chris Jericho. You'd be Make surprised. Everybody. Yeah, and uh, the stipulation is that... Now, if, is this, did I get this right that there's going to be a special referee? Is that what they said it was going to be? That's what and I understood. Ref- and I understood MGF was going to be the referee. Yes. But, but then See, later in the first- show, the graphic showed that he was going to be at ringside, not that he was going to be the referee. Yeah. See, that's what I'm confused by because in the beginning of this thing, they said he, it sounded like he said he, he's going to have, he's going to have someone special coming to the ring with him. And then he announced that it was MJF. Then later, uh, the commentator said, well, how unfair is it if he's the referee, which he didn't say, but the commentators were selling he was the referee. But then later on, the graphic has him coming to the ring. So that's some very big confusion going on there that, that we should not be having to think that through. This is wrestling. We shouldn't have to be <laughs> fucking thinking at all, really. But yeah. uh, apparently uh, they're trying to make us think something. So let's see how that turns out, okay? Uh, next we have... and. I guess you didn't see this part, hey, uh, Andy, but we had Dasha Gonzalez interviewing the Lucha Brothers. Um, once again, they have Andrade out uh, out there talking about he wanted he, how he's given them, how Pac's not there because somebody canceled all his rides and blah, blah, blah. And that seems lame in itself. I mean, seriously, if somebody canceled, you, you fly somewhere and you're a big star going into a show. Yeah. If someone canceled your limo, you can't just grab another one or a cab. <laughs> or a taxi or, or yeah. Yeah. Uber. Exactly. Hell, Mick, Fo- Mick Foley can find ways to get to buildings. Uh, I'm sure you guys can. <laughs> yeah. So, so apparently PAC is lost somewhere because they, they canceled his stuff. Uh, they, they told uh, – it was nice to see Shavo playing a villain because I was wondering – how could he, after last week, you know, he was so, uh, it was in his hometown and he was so popular with the fans. I wondered, can he really turn the gears right now in his career to be the bad guy? I think he played, did a rather good job here. And, uh, he, you know, they're trying to convince the Lucha brothers to work. And obviously it's just like that setup he wanted, like an NXT where he had the two goons. But we know that the Death Triangle don't work for Pac they're a, they're a team they're they're a yeah. triangle three of them are a thing so they're really trying to push the storyline of money can't buy the camaraderie and and i'm curious to see where they go with it this is aw so who knows next week they may be killing pack and joining him who knows but uh it, it that's the story here is friendship versus the money right yeah so uh i thought it was okay uh how about you uh elio did did you feel this was a bit what, what was your take of this little segment uh, okay uh yeah Chad Trouble uh, played the heel really well in this segment I, I was uh I was fine with the segment but uh, yeah it just doesn't make sense like uh, saying like pack someone canceled all of packs uh um uh, flights just, like we can't do another one I'm sure they have many flights available there are many ways to get there yeah. Planes, trains, and automobiles. It's a classic right. movie, kids. <laughs> well, it's like I imagine if Andy was Andy flew down for his regular gig on AEW TV, and they're like, "Sorry, your cab ain't here." And Andy's like, "Oh fuck, I guess I'm going home." <laughs> what am I gonna do? <laughs> so close, yet so far. Oh, 
You need that thing. That what did uh, Paige have? Remember that thing he was driving down the highway, a golf cart or something? <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, uh, sorry, Elliot. Anything else on that? No, that was I was I was fine with this segment. I, I thought Trevor played the heel really well. And I always want to see every time you see a little bit of that Alex. How do you say his name? Abrahante. Abrahante is. I love that dude. There's just something about him. It's just like, let him talk more. I, I just love seeing him. All right, next we move on to a match. Though this was funny. And you heard me bitch about this earlier on in the show. Uh, we get the former group Ever Rise, who are now calling themselves 2.0, which is funny because it made me think of how Matt Hardy used to call himself yeah. 2.0 for a while and all this. Is so that anyways, their team 2.0? Yeah, they called themselves 2.0 apparently. <laughs> and uh, they come out and these and bear in mind if you're uh, strictly an AEW fan and you've never watched NXT you have no idea who these two guys are they are basically the best friends who never win a match okay if the best friends never won a match and they were like uh, jobbers with names that's kind of what they were when in NXT they were jobbers with names back in the WCW remember they used to be the troopers do you remember those dudes yeah who would like yeah that's what they are they're the troopers they'd lose every week they they put up a bit of a fight and let actually no that's being unfair to the troopers because at least the troopers were slightly tough these guys they just, just never get anywhere but then they come out be, saying that they're an AEW and they challenge three of the toughest, heaviest hitters in the whole company. They char- they challenged John Moxley, uh, Eddie Kingston, and Darby Allen. But who's the other guy? Then Who's the other guy, Garcia? Yeah, no, I don't even know who this Danny Garcia. I was wondering if you guys recognize this dude. I didn't. I, I He must be like a dark product because uh, I don't recognize him, you know? Uh, so anyways, they get out there, have this match. Uh, some of the funny things that I saw or, or th- my thoughts on this match were definitely Eddie, uh, sorry, Darby Allen should do more matches like this. It is refreshing to see him wrestle and grapple instead of just take 90% beating, do a bunch yep. of jumps out of the thing and then a coffin drop. Remind hear. us that this guy is a wrestler. Remind yep. us that he deserves to be there because when he wa- does these kind of matches, just like the match he had there with, uh, who was that a couple of weeks ago? He fought some smaller guy too, but I can't remember. But these kind of matches sh- showcase that Darby can wrestle and wrestle on a good level. Um, kudos though. Nobody jumps through the ropes like Darby Allen. And uh, the way he nailed that one ever rise guy who was like talking to sting oh God, was that, tremendous. That part was hilarious when he's like, you're the real sting. <laughs> Boom. Nailed. Uh, gonna say uh, ever rise. Just look, they just look like jobbers here. Once again, uh, Eddie played the guy who was in peril on the good guy team. John Moxley just kicked the crap out of people. Um, Danny Garcia, kind of interchangeable with the other three after a while. I mean, he might as well have shown the worn the same trunks because they all did the same thing, took beatings. Moxley, so, Moxley was being a bit of a heel, uh, choking out that one guy in the corner. Oh, he was totally healed. Then he jumped in the bottom, <laughs> threw the guy in the but that's the thing, though. Isn't that the deal with Moxley? I mean, he's like Stone Cold. He just yep. does what he does, and everyone's like, ah, it's just Stone Cold. So, and of course, there's that comparison. They probably just wish people thought he was Stone Cold, but he, I, I do accept the fact that Moxley, that's his thing. That's his gig. It's no surprise when he does anything mean, you know? Uh, the, fork in the forking to the face the other day with Archer, that surprised me. This did not. Uh, all in all, I think it was an okay match. Um, the paradigm shift, I always thought the paradigm shift was sort of like a two, uh, kind of like a um, 
get the guy in that underhook and then kind of a DDT kind of thing. Is, yeah, isn't no, that what it was? Yeah, that's what it is. Tonight it was an overhead suplex. They did, he did an overhead suplex into almost like a, a brain buster and like the paradigm shift. And I'm like, did that's he, not the paradigm that? shift. This overhead, su- this overhead suplex. Yeah. And so <laughs> I don't understand that. It was like, I was very confused. The announcers were very strange tonight. We're going to go over that. There was lots of times where it was almost ridiculous. The things they were saying where you were just went, uh, what? Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, now you caught the end of the match, right, Andy? I like the very end. Oh, so you got no probably I, knowing nothing, nothing ever rise or okay. How about you, uh, Elio? What did you think of this three man team? Oh, yeah. and poor Jr. Was it Jr. who kept struggling with uh, trios versus six man thing? One of the two of them, either him or Tony, had a hell of a time trying to remember which one to say because they'd say that and then correct themselves and say oh, the other JR. thing. So. Yeah, I think no, it was JR. No, this match was uh, this match was okay. It wasn't bad. Uh, it was yeah, like you said, it was it was nice to see uh, Darby Allen actually like to wrestle and uh, just not get beat down like he always does. Mm-hmm. And at one spot with that guy, when uh, he was uh, in awe of seeing Sting standing right in front of him, and then Darby just dove through the ropes. That was cool. Um, yeah, but uh, for me, it was not a bad match. It was okay. Okay. Now, um, I've noticed that AEW has started to do what WWE was always rich for, but then WWD does it so much that you kind of just forward through it. And that's these kind of highlight packages of feuds between people. And most of the times they're okay. They're at a good level. They're professional looking. They recap the thing. But if you're usually a watcher of the program, you don't really need to know this. It's basically for people who are just tuning in. Um, But I like to comment when it is so spectacularly well done, that package, that you go, oh, you know? Um, How do you go again? Yeah, oh, oh. Um, I'd like to say, though, the, the Ricky Starks, uh, Brian Cage thing wasn't that, so I'm not even going to talk about it. All right, moving on. Moving um, on. <laughs> it really was just a boring-ass little thing. Uh, so this, okay, this always bothers me when it seems like we, we accuse Chris Jericho of this a lot, we should also accuse Kenny Omega and his group is this is almost like group masturbation here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I know the segment you're talking about. Yeah. The elite yeah. back here playing with basketball, just, acting like they're like just a waste of time telling us nothing except how great they are and slapping each other on the back to such a degree. It doesn't even build heel feelings towards them. It just makes you think, Oh, the question was, 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 was Doc Gallows trying to, Played Ric Flair with that. I room. don't know. <laughs> they all look normal, and he looked like some sideshow freak. Well, there was there was two. To me, there was all like two little kind of things there because one was wearing was him wearing the Ric Flair robe, and mm-hmm. then Carl Anderson was wearing a shirt of the Bollywood Boys. Oh, I did not even notice that. A butter chicken oh. for life. It's a Bollywood Boys shirt. Awesome, awesome. Push that, push that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did. I did catch the thing where. For some reason, Carl Anderson said, I love robes, yet he wasn't wearing one, <laughs> which was an odd thing. Um, one of the things, though, the most ridiculous thing about this, and I, I this is the part, I don't know if they're playing the smart, you know, you, you do stuff uh, like site-wise so that you build something, right? You, you go on TV and you, you do a site thing that makes you, are supposed to bring something up. I get the fact that they're dressing, um, uh, Young bucks to look like like total like douchebags. I get Mm -hmm. that. 
But I think the danger of having your AEW World Tag Team Champions standing next to the Impact Champions, and they're half the size, literally, just looks terrible. It makes you seem like, it almost makes you think this is like what it should have been in New Japan. Like, oh, the good brothers are the world champions, and they're the junior champions, because they seriously look like little kids next to these guys. Um, Not a good visual. I I I I think they should stay away from that. We and, can talk about those visuals a little later on too. Yes, we'll get to that for sure. Uh, yes, and I know exactly what you're talking about because <laughs> it was popped in my head as I was saying it. All right, uh, moving on. Christian Cage with the uh, versus the Blade with the Bunny. Um, this was an okay match. I'm really wondering why Christian is doing that stupid move where he is going to eventually hurt himself. I mean, I get that he's trying to be a little more. I get, maybe the idea is that this will be the pop, that extra little thing to make him, people to remember him. But extremely dangerous jumping over like that, coming down on your legs at his age, especially. And I don't want to yeah. harp on that, but it's a tough thing to do when you're 30. Way tougher when you're 40. I mean, uh, but I enjoy Christian. Um, I, I enjoyed this match because it made me remember that he is a good wrestler. Um, the part I was very surprised, though, it was a very Christian-dominated match, and the Blade only got in little bits of stuff at parts. It was nowhere near the 50-50 you usually expect in these kind of things. So, But the part I always wonder is they kept saying, if he wins this match, well, he's got to be in contention for a number one contender, yet the Blade hasn't won a match forever. So how does beating a dude who never wins yeah. <laughs> put you into contention? We'll get to that when we talk about Red Velvet later. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Andy, your, your, your thoughts on the Christian match? Uh, not too much difference. Overall, it wasn't a bad match. Uh, I enjoy watching Christian work. I, I, you know, I, I like the Blade. I, I really like him when they're in the tag team with him and the, the Butcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where I think Blade looked good for what he did. And it's one of those things that um, it just wasn't his night tonight. And he had to help. You know, get Christian over, but yeah, I don't understand the 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 rankings. It's like the the new math or magic math or something as to how They're someone very that has really, yeah, yeah, somebody has to get a title shot. Yeah, I'll say that. Yeah, but uh, not bad. And then to have the little run there with uh, was it Layla Hirsch coming out to yep. get yep. the bunny out? That was good. I mean, that's you know that kind of added a little bit more for their match later on. So I was cool with that yeah. too. But you 100%, the only part I hated about it is you knew it was going to happen. 100% knew that Layla was going to come. There was just no doubt about it, the way they were talking, the way things. Um, Before I get into Elio, um, Andy, look at your head, right? Beautiful shaved bald, right? Yep. My head, beautifully shaved bald. Why do we do that? Because while we're thinning and we don't want to look like old priests or some shit like that, right? (laughs) Yeah. But then you catch poor fucking uh, Blade here, man. He looks like a middle-aged father with, <laughs> with, that, with his hair growing up. Shave the damn thing off. You know, shit, or get off the pot. It's That's like the I'm Blade gonna... lost his blade. Oh! Uh, 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 uh. Well, the worst part is it kind of looks, when his hair is all like that, it really does look like he's like the bunny's dad. Which is, I don't know if you want to go for that look, right? <laughs> You're not maybe he's fire, maybe he's fire blade. She may call him daddy, but I don't think Ugh. that's the <laughs> so, Moving uh, on. Moving on. Uh, 
All right. Yeah, I'm just saying he's that haircut of his has really got to be dealt with. Okay. I love the beard. Everyone's into the beard. And he's into the beard. But uh, that kind of Friar Tuck hairdo, not a good look on a guy when you're not in your 50s or 60s. All right. Elio. And, uh, on the match? Yeah, this was a good match. Uh, I, I liked uh, the part. Yeah, I liked uh, the, the one movie said where Christian needs to be careful at, at his age. Yeah. Off the top rope. Um, I like the part where Layla Hirsch came out, took care of the bunny, and uh, mm-hmm. so and got rid of the interference. So overall, it was a good match. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I said I wouldn't talk about video packages unless they were very interesting or good. The v- the FTR uh, Santana Ortiz actually was for a short package very good. This one I enjoyed. Even gave us a sort of update on how severe that injury was because they didn't really show us that last week. The blood pooling, that kind of thing going off to the side. Uh, apparently, he took a very nasty cut. And uh, that, that, was, that was pretty severe. Uh, gives us that they are talking about a rematch. And hopefully, we get a better rematch because that match itself, even before the blood thing happened, was a little flat for a match we've all waited a long time for. Yeah. So. That'll be interesting. Um, Tony Giovanni introduces Dr. Britt Baker, who, no matter how snarky and mean she is, people love Britt Baker, man. They love her so much that they're even loving on Rebel right now. I don't know if you guys noticed that. She's coming out and they're like cheering. Um, so out comes Red Velvet. When is the last time we even saw Red Velvet? And... <laughs> All these name girls that we could name, I'm sure we could name right now, the three of us, probably eight other women wrestlers who we think should deserve a title shot. When and yet Red it? Velvet is popping up. When was the last time we saw Jade Cargill? Well, yeah, I was thinking that, that too. That's, but that, I thought that, that, that too. That's the last time we saw Red Velvet. Yeah. But I mean, even then, would you, wouldn't you honestly say if they had said, oh, your next challenger is Jade Cargill, you could almost go, yeah, okay, she's making a name. She's kind of a thing. But Red Velvet? I mean, as much as I enjoy Red Velvet's wrestling, she has not been showcased on Dynamite in so long that I can't see why they think she would be a credible contender for television. Right. But what didn't she say, though, like her record, whatever her record was? Because it's been predominantly on Dark, I guess. Yeah, but we don't even know that. Oh, no, I, yeah. Yeah. But we've always talked about this, too. If it happened on Dark, it means nothing. If you're not on the Dynamite show, I don't think you, you you should be able to talk about this stuff. You know what I mean? Maybe it's me. I don't know. But uh, I don't think that uh, Red Velvet... I love Red Velvet, too. Don't get me wrong. I thought she's really improving and stuff. But with all these girls that we've seen over the last while, I don't think she was the choice. But that being said, thank God it wasn't Nyla Rose again. Okay. Uh, moving on, we go back to uh, Andrade and Chavo. Uh, they have poor Fuego del Sol. You remember him as uh, what was his name before? In the oh geez, I can't even remember. But anyways, he was somebody at one time. Uh, just to show how to remind us that Andrade actually really is a bad guy. They uh, they they beat this guy around and, and make him look pretty bad. Uh, make him you shine, shine his shoes and then throw <laughs> him into the thing. Uh, yeah, it was it was uh, a reminder. That's all this served because. There, we're almost at that point where you could honestly go, well, maybe the Death Triangle guy should go join him. I mean, he's cool and he's got money, but here was a reminder. No, he's a dick and he's willing to do anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
Oh, and this excites me too. Oh, wait, sec. Uh, do, 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 do. we've got the Hangman page stuff. Uh, okay, so we did. I skipped over it earlier. There was just a little thing where Hangman came out, told the Dark Order that uh, he's severing ties with them. I think all of us went, thank God. <laughs> it's been long enough. You know, I, it's nice that the Dark Order have fun, but if Les Hagman wants a career, this ain't the way to go. Um, so he comes out, and this is, I don't get this. Uh, what was he going to, what do you suppose was the point of Hagman trying to talk to the Young Bucks? Because all, you had to know it was going to be a beating all around or an attack. Mm-hmm. Yet he had something desperately he wanted to say to the young bucks. And so that kind of logic always makes me go, okay. Uh, it was interesting that uh, the Dark Order tried to run out and that Grayson and Evil Uno pushed them back. Yep. That, that's a good storyline turn there. Uh, Frankie Kazarian, man, they screwed this dude over. Eh? I mean, he three weeks ago, he seemed like he was legitimately the elite hunter. He was this... Uh, force after the way they jobbed him out the other week and then tonight he just looks like some poor dude railing against the wind to be he, honest he has uh, recently made his uh, an appearance on impact oh really yeah that's, yeah. that's never a good sign either <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, anything you want to throw in there Andy about this segment no no unfortunately you're right about Kazarian and uh, <laughs> uh, I guess because I missed the earlier part with the uh, you know, the severing of the ties with Hangman yeah. and Dark Order. So it kind of confused me at first as to oh. like, oh, like, what was going on oh, here? No. But then I had to go, like, I went online and I, you know, I kind of read, was kind of catching up to see what I, what I had missed. And then I was like, okay, well that, that makes sense. And that's yeah. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Cause yeah. it was, it was Interesting pretty twist. minor too, the way they did that. So it was probably good. They had a follow-up um, boy. It's, it, it uh, really makes uh, Omega the villain. But I don't know, wearing a Sesame Street t-shirt. And yeah, the co- cookie monster. Stay and see is for cookie. My, my guess my guess is because today is National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day. I did not know that, Andy. Thank you. I will go into That's a diabetic home afterwards when I have some. Wait, you just guessed that? That's not real? No, no, I, it is. Oh, okay, okay. Dude, I was ready to go for a coma here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I am excited that Dan Lambert's coming back. I know, Andy, you, this guy didn't do anything for you, but I'm sorry. I enjoyed that promo, and this makes me wonder, in my heart, I was hoping, but I don't know if that's likely, that maybe it was going to be uh, Filthy Tom Lawler coming back with him because he's sort of uh, kind of floating around MLW, not too serious in right now. Uh, who's that horrible guy, though? God, I hope it's not. Oh, I hope it's not King Mo. If he brings oh, King, oh no, horrible! But he's bringing somebody in with him, and you know it can't be current fighters because I checked about this. I, I remember Tony and Rick kind of lamenting the fact that uh, that those two fighters did not get involved when Lambert got beat up last time. There is, however, a very serious edict between um, the UFC where uh, Dana has been very, very. Um, adamant that any re- any fighters that get involved in wrestling uh especially if they're scheduled in the next while are pretty much up shit creek with him and uh so it's not worth uh going up against dana white to make a wrestling appearance right. it's okay to stand in the crowd any physicality uh he's had some uh 
some disagreements with the WWE, uh, with the whole Brock Lesnar situations at that time. He's very adamant that pro wrestling will not be part of his current UFC fighters. So uh, I'm thinking more along the lines of UFC fighters that have been part with Dan Lambert in the past who are now wrestlers. And I think we're either going to get somebody who's recently finished in UFC or somebody we know like King Mo or Tom Lawler. But I'm, no King I'm, Mo. I God, I hope it's not King Mo. I don't know if you know much about King Mo. I recognize uh, the name. Oh God, just go Google some of it. It is he is the most boring, ridiculous wannabe wrestler guy ever. He, he's terrible. Fair enough. You for a guy who looks like he should be a bucket of charisma, it's an empty bucket. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, right. that was, next, next we got coming up a match. I know we're going to disagree with here. Uh, TNT Championship Miro putting his belt up against probably the most devastating man in all of AEW. We're talking about big shitty, I mean, big shoddy Lee Johnson. Now, you know what? Lee Johnson's actually a good up and comer, but the name big shoddy's got to go because it makes me think big shitty. It's ridiculous. Big shoddy. Ugh. Okay. Um, I'm going to let Andy, before I even uh, lambaste this, I'm going to let Andy say his, his part about this match. I, for me, I was pleasantly surprised by this match because it actually told a story. And the story here to me was that uh, Lee was trying to get Miro off his feet. And it's like, you know, you can say he got in a lot of offense, but I mean, the offense wasn't effective because it's like he, you know, he'd knock him back a couple of steps or he'd stagger him. Uh, But like for two thirds of the match, Miro never left his feet. And that's kind of like more of a standard, like a, like a big man, like a dominating mm-hmm. uh, kind of storytelling in a match. It's kind of like and, that David and Goliath story. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's why, and that's why to me, that's why it appealed to me because okay. here it's like, I understood the story that they were trying to tell. Like I said, it, it's, you could say, Oh, well, he got tons of offense. Well, he was throwing a lot of all, you know, he was throwing a lot of moves at him, mm-hmm. but it's not like, it's not like he was beating him down. Because mm-hmm. you know, like Miro, it's just like he take a step back, or you know, he's chopping him. He's like, "Come on, like harder!" You're like, "Punch me harder, harder!" Like all this stuff. Like Miro's egging him on. Uh, I'm trying to forget. At one point, what was it? There was at one point. I think what did he uh, he reversed something. Or he did something, and he hit him like with a DDT, and then Miro got back up, almost mm-hmm. like to no sell it. And then even then, it was like he kind of like staggered. Like it was like two or three seconds later, he was like, "Whoa!" Like he kind of lost his footing. I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, there's you know, he's he's soft. Like there's a chance to go at him." So. Uh, I mean, the match was never in doubt. We know we knew Miro was was going to win, and, and it was great even hearing the crowd behind him. But yeah, no, I I enjoyed it because to me there was actually a story and a point to the match, and I and I was able to follow along with it. Now I'm going to counterpoint that with why I didn't like it. I get that. Yeah, that is standard cool big man stuff. My problem with it is every other wrestler who's even a bigger wrestler never got to put together strings of moves at all. They would get one or two moves that may stagger Miro, but then he'd get up beast mode and knock guys down. So it, it, it dismayed me that a guy who's an up and comer who hasn't shown much is the one guy who manages to, even if he doesn't get him off his feet, is still the guy who manages to stun him via a bunch of moves where no one else could and that's what bothered me about that because we've had bigger contenders who've gotten in one move yes you know they've gotten in one or two moves and then Miro hulks back up uh I just didn't like the fact that 
this guy, it took him that long to hulk up against this guy as compared to some of the more talented guys. That's what I meant by that. I get okay. the story. That's a good story, but I don't yeah. think it's the story for Miro in this guy, considering that Miro is devastating the other guys, you know, right. so he cut off their offense so quick constantly. And, I, and if you look back at all his last matches, that's what he's done. You may be able to stagger him or stun him, but boom, he'll hit you for a bunch of moves. Then maybe you stagger him, stun him. So it seemed weird that this dude, this graduate from the school, is putting together a whole bunch of moves for right. quite a while. He may not be of effective moves, are as effective as they could be, but that I guess that's what threw me for this. It just made me think like, wow, it's not that it made Miro look bad. It's not that it made uh, Johnson look great. It's just that it made all the other guys that fought Miro look kind of shitty that this student could do this. Was able to do so much. Yeah, that's what that's what threw me for that one. Uh, what do you think about this, Elio? What was your feelings on this match? It's funny, yeah. I was uh, I was fine with this match. Uh, I didn't mind it. I like I I get uh, what you're saying, but I so I like the, the story, that whole uh, David Goliath story, the small guy trying to take the big guy off his feet. Yeah, no, I agree. That's a great story. I just felt yeah. for me personally, I don't think it was the mural story to tell tonight. Um, what do we think of Christian Cage singing? <laughs> was that not just out of nowhere don't quit your day job <laughs> andy are we gonna see you break into that song well definitely not that song because as, as a heel i have very few friends <laughs> well you must have one or two out there <laughs> i just like what was that song was that the golden girls song yeah, yes, it was. The golden girls. yeah. I, for, so what this is wrestling for you when he started singing the song instead of just like being blown away how ridiculous it was i was like trying to figure out why he was singing that particular song <laughs> so yeah that funny i give christian props for that because it, it was just bizarre um also ha huh, i would be insulted if i offered to help somebody and i'm a big name guy and they're just like yeah no i have real friends <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> even though it, it's a lead in for the best friends there's just got to be a party you realistically goes well you know fuck you then <laughs> like, yeah. i have a question why 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 would anyone associate themselves with the best friends knowing that this team is not uh, good the answer the answer was because they said there's an upcoming match between the best friends and private party and and uh, those guys. So this oh, no. was just. Oh, no, I get that. I'm just saying, why would anyone want to associate? Like in realistic? Yeah. Why would you want to <laughs> hang out with them losers? The only reason I would hang out with those losers is Chris Statlander and shorts. Sorry, guys. I'm willing to hang out with those losers if I can see that. So, all right. <laughs> I'm a man of priorities, Andy. Don't give me that look. Fair enough. You're <laughs> the shitty bad priorities, but I'm still a man of priorities. <laughs> all right. Let's get on to the next match. Um, and I, you know what, I've got, I've got a bad attitude about somebody in the next match. And I, I really got to learn to, because you know what, I, I, she put in so many bad shitty matches in the last while that I was expecting to shit all over this match. But uh, the bunny wasn't as bad as, as, as I've seen her in the last while. She actually looked extremely cool coming out with that creepy ass mask on. Mm -hmm. That was something new and different. Um, so she takes on Layla Hirsch. I love Layla Hirsch, yeah. uh, but she freaks me out because she is so darn small that at times I'm like, is she a midget? 
but then she doesn't really have a body of a midget but it's it's very confusing because then you see her next to someone and you realize she's super small so it's like really confusing you know um how many wrestlers do we know that are four foot eleven or four foot ten like that is an awkward size you know um the midget divisions always have been a lot smaller and so there's always that weird gap you know and i don't know but i think she's extremely talented uh i enjoyed this match uh bunny put up a good show what do you guys think of uh camille from nw i've seen her before when she was just uh who's that guy who's the the she was nicolas's ballet and i always used to think she had this incredible body this incredibly good look she looked like if china didn't look like a man when she did you know she came up as a muscular good-looking woman Mm -hmm. you know She's almost, and she's almost like the white Jade Cargill. Like, I mean, a lot of comparisons to yeah. their body types. Very big, attractive. Uh, I'd always thought, oh, man, why is she a valet? Why isn't she not a wrestler? So it's nice that now they've transitioned her over to the NWA champion. Um, so this match, once again, here's a ridiculous thing. The winner of this match gets a shot at the NWA Women's Champion. See, the, the yeah. commentators uh, mentioned that, and they just call it yes. an eliminator match. They no, they said that the winner here gets to go on a tour thing or something later, or they mentioned oh, okay. something about some matches yeah. against the NWA yeah. women's. Oh, team. okay, all right. Yeah. What I don't understand is first of all, Bunny, who's not won a match forever. Why is she in contention for this? And if we want to be brutally honest, Layla Hirsch hasn't had the most stellar records either. So you're taking someone from the lower card and the mid card to go up against a high card. I, I don't understand why there are so many other women you think would logically be in here to compete for this. It's nice that Layla won it and that she was in it. But to be honest, I don't understand how she even got into it with her, her record. So, uh, but good, good on her. Uh, They had, uh, uh, they had a lot of stuff. They had Nyla Rose going out there. They had all these kind of things happening. Uh, Nyla Rose and Chris Statlander. I guess that's something coming, obviously. That's a foreshadowing there of the two of them. Um, I'm not even sure though. I mean, there's a cool way to have, um, to show the visual of big versus small, but having Camille, who's already six, one or two wearing high heels that are at least three inches tall, going up again, go standing and facing down Layla Hirsch, who's she four t- foot ten. She towered over her. It was, it was really ridiculous. Wow! What do you what did you guys think when you saw that, Andy? What would have popped? I, I was I think I was almost uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. I was like this is child abuse. I'm phoning. I'm phoning yeah. the governor. <laughs> uh, Somebody call the Florida governor. <laughs> this little girl's getting beat by that giant. Yeah, it's it's it was very strangely uncomfortable, and it was so funny that as I was like in my head uh, doing the whole uh, Camille thing. Uh, and thinking of Jade Cargill, all of a sudden Jade Cargill pops up on the TV. She hasn't wrestled forever, but she's going to oh, get a big busy. match on Elevation. Yeah. yeah. Didn't she get something with the Four Seasons in Toronto? Remember that? We were joking <laughs> <Yeah>. about that. <laughs> okay. And as we know, having any kind of presence on the internet does not mean any money whatsoever. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not sure what they were crowing about, but it was ridiculous. Um, before, uh, let, do you guys want to... Uh, Andy, Bunny versus uh, Layla Hirsch. 
I, you know what? I thought it was a, a decent match. It was a pretty good match, uh, all mm-hmm. things considering. I'm trying to think, because we saw whoever Bunny worked last, she had a good match too. Because I remember we were talking about like she had noticeably improved. Yes. Uh, who was that? It is not coming to mind. Was it Chris Stratlander? No, maybe not. I don't know. Um, but, but, but I mean, but she, but it's, it's, she's been improving. So that, that's really yeah. good to see. Yeah. Uh, Layla Hirsch. Uh, the only thing about Layla Hirsch, uh, that moonsault. Oh, I was wondering <laughs> if we are going to talk about it. Okay. I wouldn't have had a problem if Bunny had moved at all. Yeah. But she basically jumped into nothing. Yeah. And it was, yeah, I don't know what she was thinking. Uh, we've seen things where people do that move and you may clip somebody or you may be very snug to somebody. That was way, way off the mark. And I don't know if she just got excited and just totally miscalculated, you know, being a younger wrestler. But boy, that was embarrassing. And then having um, having the commentators sell it as she almost did, it was, was pretty darn funny. It was pretty darn funny. Uh, when I said commentators too, I forgot to mention... Uh, Lee Johnson, uh, super kicking Miro to the chest, obviously straight to the chest. And Jim Ross going, oh, my God, that was right in the face. <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, wow, that Ross. wasn't even close to the face. <laughs> and then him saying, watching it in HD, you can really see it in your whole living room as his foot's hitting his face. And I'm like, wow, Jim. <laughs> Not even close, dude. Are you drinking? Oh, okay. Uh, I get how the, I know how the announcers, it's got to be hard. When you as an announcer, you're supposed to make the stuff work. But when it's yeah. so blatant right there, why wouldn't you just shut up or say something else? You kind of solid, Just a solid kick or whatever. I just say it's a yeah. solid kick to the chest. Yeah. But saying he hit him right in the face when he was like five inches from his face yeah. was pretty bad. Multiple times but uh i guess that's jr's job (laughs) he gets paid to say stuff um okay so let's move on now we're getting close to the main event um cody rhodes with dustin rhodes against malachi black boy once again it seems like cody's entrances are always so much longer than a minute and 30 seconds and i'm sure the match was longer (laughs) but the entrance is so freaking boring and overdone that it really makes you have to go at least 10 minutes to make it seem like it went longer than the than the entrance and it didn't malachi black coming out uh takes out cody pretty quickly i want to give one props we're always hard on cody yeah uh, he will come back he will do blah 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 but at least he is always willing to honestly sell shit yeah. you know uh hulk hogan would not sell shit Big name guys rarely sell shit nice. They'll act yeah. like you'll their heads get in the way, and instead of making the story bigger for later, they'll pop up and act like it was a fluke or a whatever. Um, Cody, give him props. He's old school. He'll yeah. take the hard hit. He'll sell it great. Um, but it really, the ending was very strange how from his ass as he's talking, <laughs> he kind of transitions to like, he says he's retiring without saying he's retiring and goes through the motions of somebody who would retire, but he still has not said he's retiring. Uh, found that awkward, awkward and weird. Uh, and then of course, black coming in and now I got to give, I got to say, Andy, uh, you're a jerk 
okay? Because <laughs> you said on the thing that him getting hit, because remember, I'm 40 minutes behind you guys. Right. You said him getting hit with a crutch and then he gets up. I was expecting him to honestly get up with a bloody face. I'm like, oh, what is this happening? And it was a joke, you man, because I yes. know what you meant. Cody gets bloodied all the time. But yes. I sincerely waited to see this. And it didn't happen that I realized, all right, Andy pulled one on me. <laughs> so props, Andy, props. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Match, um, I need to see a little more of Malachi Black. I think they did an okay job, but it was so darn fast that it didn't give me enough feeling from the guy yet. You know what I mean? At least in my opinion. I thought his entrance was good, very gothically. I don't know what that word is. Like, uh, I like this entrance a lot better than his WWE entrance. I agree. Okay, but I'm talking that mask and helmet thing or this antler thing brought up weird images of like uh, as Gnosticism and and kind of a weird thing that nobody really touches on, which is unique, but hard to translate, hard to translate in this modern world. Uh, What did you guys think of that crazy ass mask uh, antler thing? I I, I liked it. I I I like the whole uh, entrance and the whole like Okay. Yep. Yeah. How about, I, how about you? <laughs> I agree. I, uh, you know, when the entrance started and we had the the lights out and the smoke mm-hmm. and then the, the light kind of see it the, the silhouette. I'm like, oh, like this is good. Like it just to me, it was it was different enough. It was fresh enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when you get to see a better look of him, and then you kind of saw like with the the skull chest plate, and then he had like the mask, and because uh, it's like you know you wonder if these guys are gonna kind of have a similar gimmick to WWE like mm-hmm. what they, it's almost like you know like if something happens with Bray Wyatt we're gonna be, it'd be interesting to see if he mm-hmm. does a kind of Phoenix thing how is it going to be similar but different but uh to me this was like a yeah the darker goth you know that you kind of touched on and not that that's my thing or anything but I I like the way this came across excellent okay what did you think of the match styling like we didn't really get to see him do a lot in this match, but what you saw, was it enough yet to give a, a feel for him yet? Or is this still a work in progress for you? Um, no, I, I, I think it was, it was a good start. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was that shorter kind of dominating match. Didn't this happen to Cody? Oh, this happened with Brody Lee. They did this. Yeah, yeah. Remember Brody yeah. Lee got laid out right away and lost. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so uh, and you know we kind of thought that worked there, and I think we probably did the same thing then. Was like props to Cody, and it's kind of like the same thing. It's like yeah, like uh, the match ended, and, and and that was my first time. Like oh, like thinking okay, well, when we get to the show, I'm gonna have to say you know props because hey, like he, he took it like a champ and and went down. Um, but yeah, I I had a pro. I I was great with it mm-hmm. until afterwards because. Uh, yeah, I saw your note. I saw your note. Yeah, it, it's like, you know, he just about got knocked out. And then he gets up and starts talking about thanking the fans and the revolution and people la- like, what, is this, what does this have to do with your match? Like, you're doing nothing <laughs> to put over, you know, Malachi Black and he just kicked your ass. Well, what I thought was funny is when he started that, my first thought is, oh, is he pretending he has a concussion and he's all looped up? But then he did this yeah. whole giant four-minute speech, and I'm like, oh, no, this is just the Cody show, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, like, so let's see this. He got his ass beat, and he doesn't even mention the dude who just beat his ass. Yeah. So, I, like I said, I, I loved everything about it up until, 
you know, actually, it, 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 even the fact that like Tony was like, oh yeah, well, I'm gonna go talk to him. And you know, like ten seconds ago, it looked like he was like knocked out. You're gonna go talk to him? Yeah, that was awkward too. When do you ever go yeah. talk to the guy who just lost the main event? Yeah, on hey Cody, yeah. I know, I know you're still down on the ground on your ass, but hey, can we talk? <laughs> what the hell? So yeah, sure. that. Sure, that, I don't want to talk about my opponent. I'll just talk about the company and all the things we've done. Yeah, we had a good run. I'm, I, we had a good run. I, you know, it's and it's not even like saying anything like, oh, well, you know, I got taken out that quickly. Maybe it's time to, you know, hang it up or something. It was like, it was, yeah. uh... The only thing that would have made that worse, I'm sorry, I don't want to sound like a meanie, but if he's just started talking about his kid like he does in some of the things, and just start blabbing about that and be like, come on, dude, is this really the place for it? You just got your ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Elio, what did you think? You know what, too, Elio? We, I don't know. Do you know enough about uh, Alistair Black w- when he was in the dub- NXT about his entrance then? Do you remember that at all, Andy, or did you not watch that? No, I didn't really watch too much. So I don't really remember. Okay. I he remember. had an awkward thing. Do you remember the awkward? It was like a vampire rising. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did, oh no, didn't he do that? The, Wasn't didn't he have that for the main roster too? He did that for the main he, roster as well. Yeah. Well, they dropped it after a while, but he originally okay. had this board he laid on that propped yeah. him up. Yeah. And then they dropped it and made it a rising thing. Okay. Yeah. But originally it was a board that went like 90 degrees up with him on it. And he would just sort of which was awkward but different. Yeah. So Okay, Elio, what do you think of this match? What were your impressions of our uh, first sight of Malachi? So, so this match was good. Uh, it, was, it was short, like we just said, uh, but I thought Malachi Black looked uh, great and everything about this match was good, except after that, the ending, and uh, get uh, what Cody Rose was going on about. Like that, and that, 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 promo, that promo should have happened next week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that promo made no sense. It had nothing to do with the match, uh, mm-hmm. and like that. Uh, also, Malachi Black just like beat him down, and so he didn't even bring that up. He just went on about thanking everyone. So yeah, I was, I was confused by that one. But other than another, that, the match itself, I liked. Okay, and another thing that kind of bothered me is the announcers saying, "Oh, this has been brewing for a bit," but it hasn't. It's typical Cody. <laughs> Cody just grabs the first big name that comes in and has a match. There is no rhyme or reason. There's no real tension here. There's no real story. I mean, what's the possible story? We've not been privy to anything between these two guys. Well, the, by, by, yeah, by AEW standards, the fact that they've been going back and forth for two or three weeks, that's the story. Yeah, and, and let's face it, that's not a great story. You know, it's just typical. It just comes across as, oh, Cody's got to be involved with whatever. Shaq's coming in. Cody's got to be involved. Some big names coming in. Cody's got to be involved. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm so surprised he didn't fight Nick Gage. (laughs) (laughs) That that, that really surprised me. The five labors of Cody? Well, (laughs) I think that would become the labors for us having to watch. Yeah. Uh, the only good thing out of this is maybe now we don't see Cody for a while. Maybe he'll sell the, and that's good. Cause he did really emphasize about outside interests and things that he's been doing. And I think this is, I know he has to, a whole round of that show, whatever that freaking show is. He's been on the big, they have a bunch, go big or go home show or whatever. Yeah. He's got a bunch of episodes of that to tape. So hopefully we'll be seeing him not for a while. And I say that in a good way because when Cody isn't insufferable, he's a good, exciting wrestler. 
However, he can be very insufferable after a while, and you just don't even look at what he's doing. So, well, all in all, guys, let's rate this week's AEW Dynamite with our regular report card rating. Elio, what grade are you going to give today's show? I'm going to go with a B. With a B? Yeah. And uh, the highlight of it for you? Um, the Christian Cage match, um, the Cody Rhodes Malachi Black match. Okay. And the low light? And what was the lowest thing? The one thing that you were just like, oh, God. Oh, the the whole elite thing backstage segment. And and that in ring with Adam Page wanted to talk to the Young Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And I see a pattern there. Okay, Andy, uh, your your, uh, your report card for this Uh... week? I was, it's funny because when you do Elio first, I'm always kind of wondering how much Elio is going to influence me. I, I was thinking B minus like last week. Uh, and granted, mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, and I missed uh, part of the show. So mm-hmm. um, I think I, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with the B minus. Okay. Okay. Now, there have been some people who have accused Elio of us, of us influencing Elio. So that's why I usually pick him <laughs> <laughs> and give him a chance to, to talk. So uh, what was your highlight of the week there, uh, Andy, for this week's episode? What did I enjoy the best? I, I'm almost tempted to say the, uh, the Malachi Black Cody Rhodes match. Okay, excellent. I, and what was, was your definite low post? Sorry. Oh, no. I just, just because it was for, like I said, for the, the presentation for seeing uh, black like that and, and for the way things went down and, and whatnot, I, I think that was probably for what I saw that, that, and, and just because, and I'll give the shout out again. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's a little bias here because, because I know them, but uh, uh, seeing Carl Anderson wear a, a butter chicken Bollywood boys yep. t-shirt uh, I'll, I'll throw that in as a, as a tie for uh, my highlight of the week. That, tremendous. And the low light, well, the one thing that made you cringe the most on this week's episode? Well, I think I'm almost tempted to say Cody's post-match promo. Sure. Uh, uh, that's, yeah. that's definitely in the top list of cringy things this week. Um, guys, I don't know if I'm being overly critical or mean. Um, I was hoping you guys wouldn't influence me, and I'm trying not to listen to the gradings from you guys too much. But you did a little bit because I was going to give it a C plus, but I think I'll give it a B minus. Okay, I'll go with a B minus this week. Uh, the highlight of this show for me. Ooh, let's see. Um, yeah, you know, the, the main event did deliver in some form of is shockingly short, though. Uh, but it was very interesting. Uh, enjoyed that. Um, there was so many cringy things this week. You guys named three of them already, maybe four. I'm going to throw a fifth one in. As much as I love her, the Layla Hirsch moonsault was terrible. <laughs> That's embarrassing shit. That's like uh, wrestling. Uh, what is it? was that thing they have? Wrestling, uh, La- WrestleMania, I think they call it. WrestleMania, um, yeah. Yeah, where they have all the, the bot- other one? Bo- Botchamania? Botchamania. Bot- yeah, 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 there's two yeah. of them, yeah. Those they, where they highlight just the word that's going to show up on there. That oh, with yeah. that dude who fell over the ropes that time, <laughs> those two, you know, it was right up on that level. Uh, and one thing I want to feel, I feel sorry a little bit for Miro 
is uh, when he used to come out for his entrance in uh, WWE, he'd do that stomp and it was spectacular. Here he does that stomp and it's almost like uh, it's almost like Kenny Omega's exploding bat. It's just yes. like a tiny little. <laughs> so I always think they, if they're going to do that, just drop it. <laughs> like you're just making him look dumb with that tiny little one little streamer comes out when he steps down. So, uh, folks, we had a we had a fun time tonight talking about it. Today's show. Thank God AEW has been on the upkeep. Uh, next week we have a bunch more matches to look forward to. And uh, guys, we, we got some quarantine coming up. We just posted a quarantine recently with uh, Patricia Summerland, mm-hmm. who you knew as Sunny from the Glow Wrestling Show. She was a fun time, so yep. much so that Andy twisted my arm, and I don't mean it physically. Uh, we're going to do another show with Patricia down the line, talking about Kiss and rock music in wrestling. That the, what, What's the connection there? And uh, she has some interesting stories about Gene Simmons and some other stuff, so... Look forward to that. Uh, Guys, have yourselves a great week. We will see you guys. uh, We're going to be coming back to you for who knows when you get the show, but we'll probably see each other in about four or five days to to record the next episode of quarantine. And uh, we'll continue a string of hopefully some good guests and some fun stuff because it's the one show where we get to really just talk about wrestling and and, and skip the bullshit and actually have to point the bullshit out sometimes and and tell you some of the stuff that really works. Uh, Any last thing you guys want to throw out today? No? All right. Well, folks, have yourselves a great night. And uh, in the meantime and in between time, that's it. Another edition of WPOV Global. See ya.